I said, what you know about it? It's the stew, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stew, baby. And the room a lot. Listening to the stew. My name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Say hello, Andre Conaparo. Hello, Chris Stewart. Say hello. Hey guys. Okay. Hey guys. Okay. Good. Back from the dead. I'm alive. We're all back from the dead at this point, right? Yeah, we uh, we 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 took a took a little time off for a holiday break. I was busy. Then Thanksgiving came. You were in Hawaii. Oh yeah. Stewie's house sitting. I was mostly working was the issue. <laughs> Stewie is the one of us who has a job. This is right. This is true. Mm-hmm. I am down shifting to five days instead of six, like a civilian. Very nice. Yeah. Well so, deserved. Five days a week. Yeah. And then since you work in a kitchen, I'm assuming it's not Friday and Saturdays off? No, Tuesday. Uh, Monday, Tuesday. <clears throat> Solo. Good days. That's great. Is go, it? No, or are you just good. telling yourself it's great? No, here's the deal. Absolutely great. It's great. Uh, it's something. It's great. Yeah, anything is great. Uh, right. But I that's, can, that's par for the course when you work in the service industry. Yeah, but I don't like traveling on the weekend. Like yeah. going to San Francisco or something like a day trip on mm-hmm. the weekend is not as great as just going Sunday night through Tuesday. Agreed. Mm-hmm. It's it's just so much more it's mellow. I didn't like running errands on Tuesday night. I was just going to say like errands Costco, and just all that nonsense. On a Tuesday? Yeah, tight. I don't have a Costco card, sorry. Good point. It's an analogy. Good point. So yeah. when you got to go bang out your groceries, mm-hmm. do all that little stuff, much easier on a Monday, Tuesday. So true. Yeah. And if you work in a restaurant, you're already drunk every night anyway, right? I'm hand-boned right now. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. yeah, you brought over a beer. What'd you bring us? Uh, the brewery from Orange County, circa, what is it, Anaheim or Placentia? It's a Belgian strong ale. It's called... Uh, the Jardinier? Jardinier. I think I like it's just it. like a, a a reference to it being kind of grassy, like Belgian style, like a, a saison. Mm-hmm. So it's very grassy. It's nice. Grassy as hail. Easy peasy. Farmhouse style. Yeah. Light drinking. What, is, what does farmhouse style mean in terms of beer? Sorry, it's not a lot of hops. Mm. So it's kind of, you get a very different flavor. You, you replace you hops with hay? From an, I don't know. Well, <clears throat> the actual chemistry and science of the brewing... I'm not so sure, but I know for a fact the IBUs are lower. It's a lot less um, hoppy. There's lower alcohol content. The what's are lower? The uh, IBUs. What does that stand for? Those are the bitterness units. Yeah. Which is basically like how much hop you have. So IPAs are really high in IBUs. You'll see them on a lot of labels. So something like Wolf in the Weeds for something local like... Golden Road I mean, or uh, Budweiser by Budweiser. I know it's true. It's true. Such a so dry. No, it's, it's dig. A dig worthy. So you're pretty high on the IBU scale, then, hey? Ah, ah yeah. There you go. Because of your general, I right, Stu. Also, sorry I'm for leaving you charts. out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, I'm just like high gosh. on the IBU scale due to your general outlook on life. Just can be a dick. Working on it. <laughs> Working on I'm it. Happy dude. Yeah. How did it feel when when you thought I was gonna go you, but then I went him? <laughs> I wasn't thinking that at all. Fueling, you snuck up on me. I was the just like, bitterness. I was like, oh god, if anyone here has that, it's me. Were I'm you just... were you pleased that you weren't the one who I reached for when thinking bitter, or yes. were you disappointed that I didn't no, think of you? Very happy. And okay, then good. Also like. Then your reaction is just like, oh, duh, clearly you're the one. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. That's yeah. true. Uh-huh. That's true. Not not you're the one, but you're <laughs> also involved in it. Yeah, you're cool. the one. You're still the one. Still the one. Don't worry, Stewie. Still the one who is the bitterest. Oh, no. <laughs> it's the joint pain, mostly. Yeah, you were just talking. <laughs> <laughs> so the old catalyst. age is what you what you're talking. No, about. it's actually pre- uh, the 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 feeling of old age, but not being as old as you feel. That's the this thing. is our That's depression the, uh, podcast. So yeah. <laughs> it's our mental health episode. Morale is low when you run out of your tiger bomb. I'm just <laughs> morale is always high. I can turn it on. It just it hurts. And you then get that tussin bitter. It. Yeah. The t- <laughs> oh yeah. I gotta, yeah. We're going too deep. Yeah, we're going deep. The no, no, not painful. Deep. I just uh, 
I think our mother just gave out these these sticks. They're almost like a Vicks vapor rub. That's like a roll-on stick. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I've been jamming those things. Well, you've been I've jamming been those sticks. Pretty good. Where you been jamming those? those? <laughs> uh, back of the neck. <laughs> just a little bit behind back the ears the before the shift. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Just so yeah, a little tickle. It's yeah, it's kind of like a Vicks vapor rub meets uh, a deodorant stick. You just okay. turn the dial and then you just rub where you need it. Yeah. All right. Like a leap stick. We've got a new sponsor this week. Yeah, it's like a giant. Called Karen chapstick. Stewart. It looks. It literally looks like a giant chapstick. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a rhinoceros. But don't put it on your lips. Yeah. Do not cook with it. This is just no. for health I don't maintenance. Know. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I like to rub it on a little spit roasted rabbit in the mm. summer. Okay. Just for a mentholated dripping. To uh, really loosen up those connective tissues on That's the. That's right. It just pulls from the food. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've never eaten rabbit. Have you had rabbit? I've eaten a lot of rabbit. I love rabbit. Oh. Nobody likes a bragger. <coughs> well, no. Yeah. Okay. no. Yeah, it's something good. that I will order when I see it on a menu. Really? Sausage, um, that's it for me. Sausage? That's the only time I've had it. Was in sausage <laughs> no, just form. sausage is the only thing he'll eat. Not yeah. even rabbit. Just I had a... Effort. I'm so fat. I remember once <laughs> in Italy, uh, they were out of chicken cacciatore at this place we went, me and my Wait, dad. Are we at chef's table right now? Whoa! <laughs> It's a, okay. Paint the picture. This is okay. a food podcast. Right, I know, I know. I'm just. It's seventh grade. Okay. I He's won stunning, the national though. spelling bee, and they sent me to. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. So, uh, <clears throat> one of the best rabbit dishes I've ever had was at a small place in Lucca in Italy, and we, my dad and I, went in there to eat. We're traveling together, and we ordered the chicken cacciatore, both one of our favorite dishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, they go back, come to the table. And look at me and go, sorry, we only have one order of the chicken left. Would you take rabbit cacciatore? Could, you, could you do like, this in a nice Italian voice, please? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a so sorry. The spicy meatball. Today is not your day. <laughs> so they're like, would you be willing to have a rabbit cacciatore? And my dad was like, me too. And they're like, no. And my dad was so bummed because he also really likes rabbit. And so I just sat there eating it in front of him and wouldn't let him taste it. Damn. No, I got to taste it. You little um, shit. No, but rabbit, when it's not cooked well, Ingrate. it's you know braised. It's really super, super delicate. You can grill it, but mm-hmm. it's usually braised. But the problem is it can be braised. When, it, when it's over braised, the flesh gets really chalky. Um, oh. It's edible. I mean, it's not, oh, yeah? like, it's not completely ruined, but you will be like, oh, this. if you ever have a rabbit chalky. dish that is um, chalky in taste... Um, not very moist. The textures just kind of disappeared. It's because it's been over braised, um, and it's not because rabbit is a bad. Well, I mean, some people don't want to eat cute rabbits, but mm-hmm. um, mm. as far as the meal goes, it's not because rabbit meat in general cooks poorly. It's, mm-hmm. It can just be a little bit more difficult to cook. Mm-hmm. I do like rabbit. A lot. There's a decent amount of fat on there. Uh, there can be. I mean, in like, general, more than you mean. would think yes. is what it seems like. And it depends on the breed, too, um, mm. because oh, I think a lot of the domestic rabbits that are raised are lean animals to begin with, but there are lots of different breeds of rabbits, and some can well, be... What would you liken the flavor to? I don't know. I mean, it's... I think the, the go-to comparison is always, like, chicken in the way that, like, a lot of white meats mm-hmm. take on those textures. But there's no – I've never found a part of the chi- the rabbit that was as fatty as, like, a chicken thigh, like oh. my favorite, you know, fatty meats on chicken. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just milder. It's lighter. Um, I don't know. I guess I, I I can't do a very good job describing we'll it other than it's – It is fairly neutral. It's not – or when I've had it. Most of the time, it's never been real gamey, like you would imagine. If somebody's worried about kind of a, a different choice of meat, it is. It's pretty mild. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm. Well, speaking of, we had it at meat camp, as a matter of fact. Oh, I was going to ask you that. El Campo yeah. does does rabbits. They do rabbits. Speaking of dining, in glorious destinations. Mm-hmm. Indeed. You just returned from Thanksgiving in Hawaii. I did. <laughs> Which would be a lot cooler if my parents didn't live there. But I did. <laughs> it would be a lot more exotic if I just tronced on over there. But no, I went to go see my folks. Thanksgiving would have been better if my parents weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, they actually left early. Um, you know your mom <coughs> listens to this show. Yeah, I was we went say, for what's like, happening here? <laughs> no, 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 he didn't mean it like that. She rides I, so hard. No, no, no. It, no. It, he, he was just going home for Thanksgiving. Shout out to Jill Canaparo. Home we all to be love you at this in table. Hawaii. It's not like, well, you know what would be weird? 
if we just went to Hawaii for Thanksgiving? Yeah. That'd be fun. You know, it's not mm. a funky. It's just like we're going to our mom, my yes. mama house. Your yeah, buildup yeah. of like, speaking of exotic yeah. locales for Thanksgiving, I was like, no, I'm just going home for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yes. <clears throat> um, yeah, it was good. It was fun. Macadamia stuffing. Let's get into it. You know what? We had a very interesting... Uh, well, one, it's the North Shore of Kauai, which is um, there's not a lot. Very tubular. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of choices to eat. Uh, one of our favorites, a place called Barracuda, was closed. Um, so we went... Yeah, you were explaining... You've explained when you arrive to Hawaii, you get off the plane, and then on the way to the house, you kind of go to a store. Yeah, no family you- market. Yeah. Which has been there since I was a kid, which is like this Hawaiian market that's got, you know, a cold case of like six kinds of poke um, Ooh, and yeah. mac salad. Um, you know, it's got well, like when you when you stock up on your on your foods that you're going to eat for the week or whatever. Oh, well, that depends. The, the be- I mean, by far the best food on all of Kauai is what you make yourself because the farmer's markets are just nuts. It's the best tasting arugula, the best tasting greens I've ever oh, really? had anywhere. Although, I mean, it's, it's shades. You know, there's really great arugula at lots of the farmer's markets all over here in L.A. But it is so peppery. It is so grassy. It's so green. It's so bright. It's, I mean, it, it needs so little, and it's so flavorful, and it's thicker thicker in the lettuce or in the arugula itself. Like, Oh, yeah. What's the, what would be the term of a single piece of arugula? Leaf, leaf, yeah. leaf right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So the leaves themselves, the stalks, you know, they're thicker. They have more texture. It's just like the most amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, whenever you're, ever. whenever I mean, I've only been to Hawaii once, but whenever we're driving around, because of the climate, because it's always raining and it's always sunny, every every leaf is just the. Oh, it's, it's like greener it's than phenomenal. you've ever seen. It's amazing. And every every climate and every ecosystem is just like beyond flourishing yes without any it's, aid of man-made irrigation or anything it's just like you put a seed in the ground and it'll just be the most healthy looking dark green leaf of yeah, all time less smog everything yeah well it's climate it's the air but it's also less whitey it's you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's volcanic dirt that's it's, true it's really magical as far as what you know what comes out of that ground and the way it tastes um so to stock up, you do two things. You do the super American version of you like go to Costco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one right by the airport in Lahui, which I think is the only big airport on all of Kauai. There's a couple small private ones. So you'll either hit Costco for some supplies and then just figure out when the nearest farmer's market is. And if it's a few days out, you buy a few things. There's like mm-hmm. a kind of like a Albertsons that's that's there called Foodland. That's got you know organic section. It's expensive and not that great. Mm-hmm. You get a few things to hold you over, and then you just go hard on the farmers market as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I mean, it's really and you're eating. You're just basically all the greens that you can find: fruits, papaya, mango, um, longong, which is like a almost like a little tiny grape, which is really amazing. Um, anything you'd imagine as far as they have durian. Uh, which I don't fucks with that much, but my dad is obsessed. Um, and then they'll have some prepared foods and some baked goods and macadamia nut everything. Mm-hmm. There's lots of goat cheeses. There's lots of local uh, goats on the island because there's there's just so many. Um, so you'll see a lot of that, and you know puka shell necklaces, all that. What did what did you make for Thanksgiving? We didn't. We just. Uh, we were actually staying. All right, this podcast is over. Yep. No, it's going to be a short. It's going. We're going to jump to your Thanksgiving <laughs> very quickly because ours. Basically, we were in um, a different house than the, my parents live in that had nothing in it, absolutely nothing in the cabinets because it gets cleaned out um, when different people stay. So there wasn't even a thing of olive oil or salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. So at a certain point, when you're only there for seven days, do you really want to buy a thing of sriracha? Do you really want two kinds of oils? Do you? I mean, you right. buy only, you're just like. And most of the time, you're eating poke, or you're going to certain little um, food trucks or little things here and there because you're at the beach. You know, like mm-hmm. it's only left to dinner, and there's only so many nights. And my parents were in town; they were in town for the first part of it. So we cooked at my at my parents' house for two nights in a row. My dad made a really amazing Italian soup noodle dish, which was almost like an Italian ramen, which was wild and inspired me to like I should mess with that a little bit. Italian um, ramen. Oh la la. Well, I mean, it was kind of, I mean, that's just a nickname for it, but it was like a really thick, hearty, almost chicken bone broth 
so chick really flavorful hearty chicken stock and some local spaghetti mm-hmm. that he boiled in the chicken stock mm. uh, and then just kind of seasoned like you would like uh, a black pepper pasta with a little bit of fried aromatics and some parmesan and chili flakes. I kind of made something very similar to that last night, actually. It was really but good. But it wasn't, it wasn't as soupy. I just made like a really thick bone broth from a rotisserie chicken yeah. carcass yep. with some aromatics. And then I, and then I made some rye pasta mm. spaghetti and then just cooked that in there with a little bit of butter, a little bit of parmesan and, yeah. some, and some shards. That sounds Charf? yeah. That sounds almost exactly like what he made. I it just tastes like a real kale in there, real chickeny. Yeah, unctuous. But it was nice because it like it didn't have any soy sauce. It didn't have any umami in a way that, you know, it makes you think of Italian food or at least that dish. But without you know the no less flavor to it, it just was a really different flavor profile. And I was like, why don't I do this too? I mean, it <laughs> seems like. You know, you don't think of soup and noodles unless you're thinking of ramen or, like, maybe a Jewish chicken noodle soup or something. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, because the, the fresh spaghetti got cooked quickly in al dente, so it had kind of ramen texture, and it was good. Mm. Carry that forward, people. Ugh. Shout Try out to Canaparo. Thank you. Workshop that. Well done. <clears throat> We're going to push that forward. So then you, for Thanksgiving, you just had poke and pizza? No, we went out. There was like the the St. Regis, which is one of the bigger hotels, kind of close to us. We just went up and had dinner there because they were serving dinner. It was okay. Mm. It was really fun because mm-hmm. it was like it, you know it was like a, an experience where it was just Maggie and I, and we're in a really nice dining room and service was great. You know, mm-hmm. so it was a really the good. Food's time. fine. Food's fine. Got food's it. expensive and fine. Mm-hmm. But oh, well, um, it's more the more the experience. Just like. Being on vacation, doing that was almost as fun. And so we're going to make a Thanksgiving, I think, next week because we didn't have any Thanksgiving food. Invite so, me, dog. You know, obviously it's coming. Yeah. I'm dying. To Checks in the mail, player. Oh, I know that's the thing. Is like it's, we'll see how excited people are to come because everybody already ate Thanksgiving. No, I love so, that idea. Yeah. So no, it works great. This is one of my topics for today, real quick, before I forget, even though it's down here. Get it go. Get it going. Is that you know <clears throat> we're past Thanksgiving, but for holiday cooking. Just a reminder to everybody out there, don't, don't come to the party with new material. You've got basically oh, yeah. a month out from Christmas or New Year's. So if you're true, going to dude. a party, a potluck, make that dish in a week. If the ingredients aren't so expensive, or if they are expensive, use almost all the ingredients except for like any kind of finishing stuff that's expensive like uni or something. Mm-hmm. Not to say I'm you know, not an uni fan and hope, hopefully don't have to eat it this Christmas anywhere. <laughs> but, but when you're dealing with dishes like that where you can kind of prepare and you're finishing with expensive, expensive ingredients, make that dish ahead of time, two weeks ahead of time. Yeah, See how it comes out. Practice make it, make that it dish a, few a little times. bit. Yeah, if you're getting a, a recipe from a friend or reading something online, you're on Tasting Table or NY Times Cooking or something, wherever you're reading stuff from, Make the dish before. I mean, Don't just save that printout and be like, all right, I'm going to make this now and bring it over this morning. Right. There's two sides <clears> to that coin. It's the, it's the consumer and it's, and it's the producer because why would you want to be stressed out? Mm-hmm. You're going to be freaking out. You're totally. probably going to be late. You're going to mess up the whole vibe, but you probably won't be alone because most people just do that anyway. Right. Everybody wants to riff. but Especially if you're I baking too, regret. which I will oh, not God. be doing, and yes, I'm terrible yes. at baking. Yeah. But like, if you've really, you got something that needs rise times and temperatures and that kind of stuff, it's like, Make a couple batches in the head and enjoy it, and people will love it. It ain't a rush job. Yeah. There's this place called Proof. You can buy those things. They're <laughs> ready right there for proof. you. And it's, it's a great sick. idea. It's so good. It's a great call. If uh, you live in Atwater adjacent to towns. And it's next year because Thanksgiving's over. Oh, we'll talk about the future yeah. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, future for holiday Christmas. parties. Yeah. Christmas. Potlucks. Bring a dozen croissants. Well, a gougère. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You never you never know if it's going to taste delicious, if you're going to screw it up, or it's always going to take a lot longer to make that dish than you thought, and you're going to be late, and it's going to be a bummer. Yeah, it's tough. Take it for take it for a practice run, and that 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 goes beyond holidays. It's just yeah, yeah. If, but if you but. consider yourself to be a, a foodie kind of person, every time you go to a dinner party with other like minded individuals, you want to try and bring a new. Stunning stunner to the to the plate, no pun intended. So resist that, because you because there's a lot of times where like oh, I don't want to just make the same old thing that's going to be delicious, but like you know you want to uh, excite yourself and 
And the guests. The Johnsons could be looking forward to your mac and cheese. That's right. If you come correct. Them beans. Come down back. Yeah, Jason's no, you know, notorious <laughs> for his yeah. baked beans. Barbecue baked beans. I'll bring some beans to your Thanksgiving. Big up to Grandma. Yeah, that's a family recipe. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's augmentation, but it's a family recipe. <laughs> yeah, like many an old recipe that's augmented to current times, you basically make the same thing, except you buy all the ingredients from Whole Foods instead of Vons, and then you use a third of the amount of sugar, Yeah, <laughs> and that's how you make it for modern times. True. Mm, sure. You're like, oh, we're just going to make a, a thing of baked beans. Cool. Three cups of white sugar. Yeah. Son of a gun. It's like five cups. Pull three cups up to start. You'll be finishing with the last two mm-hmm. cups. You're going to sprinkle that on top. Yeah. But then also, that was back when people weren't obese. So, hey, who's to say yeah, what is right or wrong? Could have been better sugars. Fair. <laughs> Could have been better, better sugars. Could have been better sugars back then. Right, they got that good good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, times were different. Obama. Had to be there. <laughs> Obama, sugar. Where are we going? Our Thanksgiving? Yeah, and on the your did any uh, only two any stories new dishes here. come out? New new. Um, I I did some on. Well, we did we did the turkey, it was dry great. brined and spatchcocked on nice. Teresa, which which worked out well. The dry brine is nice. Skin that, came out nice. That's like the big that. trend for this year. It seems like yep. it's like a crackling the skin and a lot salty as all hell though. A hell of a lot easier to deal with. It's a lot easier yeah. to deal with. You don't have to get a five gallon bucket and clean it out and fill it up with. I mean, it's dr- brining a whole turkey is a pain in the ass. Yeah, I've we, only really, you know, I don't even know if I have a bucket big enough. It's like I think well, I've we'll always put it in, put it in ten gallon trash bags, tape it, and put yeah, it on like a sheet pan. That's dicey because my roommate did that, and, <laughs> and like he had to in it. he had to clean that stuff up. Like he had to wake up Thursday morning and spend like his first hour and a half of the day cleaning the fridge out. <sighs> like what a bummer! Like yeah, you got to use a bucket. Right. The trash bag isn't made for water. Well, I mean, water, like, you know? but I mean, then you put something in for you liquids. Like, put it in like a mm-hmm. sheet pan. You know, yeah, but even then, yeah, you, like, you, you get the like Home Depot bucket, slip and fall bucket for pretty cheap. Yeah, but, turkey will fit in a Homer. But yeah. the other problem is, you have to get like a big stock pot full of liquid, and then you have to heat it up when you make the brine. Because yeah. when you're doing it, you're like. You're heating it up, and you have your lemons, and you have your that aromatics. Is, and that's you, definitely the best way to do it. Have your sugar I, and salt. But you like, very rarely that. do that. I very rarely. I just do it with room temp, <clears> just to get the salt and sugar to dissolve. Yeah, but you're you're a classic brine man. But like when all, everyone, all the, but like when you brine, it's it's salt and sugar only, pretty much. A brine's been brine. Usually, yeah. I'm I'm kind of in the family of it's very rare or very difficult to infuse flavors in the brining process. Yeah, it, it has to be heated. Yeah. And even then, no. If you are going to try and infuse something into it, it absolutely like, especially when you're using lemons or citrus, you need to get it hot so that oil actually comes out. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you totally the pores need, need to open. You totally then, need to do that. You totally have to. But the the, the thing cool that it. people don't realize is like, when once you have heated your two gallon pot full of water, it takes and, six hours to cool. Yeah, <laughs> like to cool it <laughs> or down put it in to in room sink temperature. With ice. Yeah. You either have to get like ten pound bag of ice, which yeah. is a bummer, or you have to just let it cool, which takes forever. Yes, and then you put it in the bucket overnight, and then it's just uh. so you basically need a restaurant kitchen yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it's a seriously it, so it's a pain in the butt to do it in a restaurant because you're doing some other things going on now you know it's exponential in a home yeah but we just got the turkey spatchcocked it didn't remove the backbone just cut out one side and then broke the plate laid it out flat dry brined it and then you just let it sit out on the counter like in the morning you just pull it out so it comes up to room temperature and then the skin looks like when you're like hanging a duck, like you can, the skin becomes completely transparent. It turns like almost a reddish color, and it's weird. And it's oxidation, maybe I don't know. It kind of it. looks like how a carcass is supposed to look, not right. like a weird fake plastic white skin thingy. Well, the salt is pulling a lot of the moisture and the water, especially out of the skin, to the top. Mm-hmm. And then, since it's sitting in your fridge, the fridge is then about you know it's drying out all that mm-hmm. water sitting on top. So it's I think both those things is what gets yeah. it into that. But the crazy part about when you when you dry brine spatchcock, we cooked it at four fifty, and it took an hour. Yeah, to cook a yep. fifteen pound bird evenly. Very That's well. Crazy. I mean, like evenly. I've, I've cooked, uh, yeah, I've cooked a three pound chicken where it took longer than an hour. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. 
Well, <clears throat> and the skin was yeah, the skin was like was, like peanut brittle. It was, it was just trip. like trip. It was really salt. If the, if it wasn't so salty, I would have been so into it. But it was just like really, yeah. it, was, it was intense. Yeah. But the wing was delicious because of that. Because if you had some of the salt from the skin, it's like just snapped those little end. Oh, mamacita! One well, of the best also, wings I ever had. When you have it flattened out like that, you have all that surface area, the skin that's coming off the bottom, off mm-hmm. the dark meat. There's a lot more uh, thigh skin that's getting cooked and crisp. And that's that good skin. On the bottom, yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah, yeah I the mean, bottom side, thigh awesome. skin. Yeah. When it doesn't get brown, it's just like that soft gelatinous, weird, and you don't really want to eat it, and it's kind of gross. Not a party. So we got stew. we did that. I made I made turkey gravy for the first time in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. It came out deliciously. Yeah, it was great. Flour roux. Actually, no. Grandma does corn the cornstarch slurry. Oh, nice. And it worked out pretty well. At first, I was like, "This is fucking weird. I don't like she it." Does it every year. But then I'm I'm on board with it. Yeah, it keeps nice. the flavor right. the the true turkey flavor there. It, it's not clouded by the flour. You get the giblet, and it gets a nice sheen on it. It's mm. true. You see more of the fat. It's not getting <clears throat> soaked up by the You chop some flour. giblets? No giblets, unfortunately. No jibbers. No jibbers. Yes. We're not a jib family. It's cool. Um, no, no, no. Just, I had giblets at the restaurant. Just curious how the, the gra- mm-hmm. what's going in the gravy. I hit a turkey heart the other day. It was very mm. tasty. Well, how big is a turkey heart? Uh, bigger than you'd think. Probably the size of a fist. Really? It's really good. Yeah, it's pretty big. Damn, son. It's really big. That's like We're at a point where we're like, is that the liver or is that the heart? And I'm like, chewing on it, there's no way it's the liver. It's way too... Uh, dense and tough, right. and, and not irony. Uh, you no, won't, you no, won't no. Taste just, like, you touch the liver, yeah. and like, t- and it's like, oh, this will turn into pate. You can kind of visualize it when you actually touch it. Like, oh, it does what pate feels like pate? But then the heart, it's just like this. It's so dense, and but it was freaking delicious. Mm. Chicken hearts get grilled a lot. Chicken hearts are my one of my favorite things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that corazon de miel. That's just chicken hearts with uh, honey and, and cilantro and. Pickled shallots is one of my favorite mm. things. It's like three dollars there. It's so cheap. Mm-hmm. Four dollars. They pass the savings on to you. Yeah. Yep. But in in the turkey gravy, I also give it a squirt of the Bragg's liquid amino. Oh yeah, there you go. Nice. Those, are, those are good. You don't. It's kind of like when you add the anchovy in the in the dressing. You don't yep. know it's there, but it makes it taste better. Is that it just rounds it out? Is that vibe? I think there's a place for Bragg's and soy sauce in everyone's kitchen. Oh. Yeah, I like both. And a lot of big trend this year is also. Uh, a little Marmite or Vegemite in there. No, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Which is not unlike... I miss that. Bragg's liquid amino, but just right. solid instead of that liquid. Makes sense. A little yeastier in flavor. It's very yeasty. Very yeasty. Um, what, what else did yeah. I make? I made, I made the green bean casserole, but I made it with... Brussels. Brussels sprouts and roasted fennel as well. That's very good. That sounds so way better. I didn't feel... With green beans. So yeah, green, green beans that yeah. you... Blanch. That you blanch and then chill, and then I roasted Brussels sprouts and fennel really hard, so it got caramelized. Mixed that all together, made a cheddar and Parmesan sauce with some roasted red pepper, um, like in the in the oil, you That's know, like the it, canned yeah. roasted red pepper. So good, pretty straightforward. Mix that all together. I'm making that for Christmas. Cover could, it in panko and bake it off. Yeah, you could just eyeball it, you know. We just. Yeah, yeah. and well, and also so the other thing is you, when you're making the sauce. I mean, you just like you just make the roux with butter and flour. You pour in the milk. You just add Cons all the cheese, cheese in the world to it, stir it around, and then you it little it. chopped up red peppers, and then you pour it over. You get the liquid to the top of all the filling. Mm-hmm. All the no, it's not that. It's not that crazy soupy. Okay, but it, uh, it's it was, it's still pretty thick. Right, and then the whatever's left over in the cheese sauce, you just. Um, pour it into a bowl and hit it with the tortilla chips. And oh, it's just it's very like good. delicious nacho cheese. And then, so does the crust go on kind of like halfway through? Would you bake it the whole time? Nope, just panko. panko on, uh, you panko, like from panko from the start. It never really gets super brown yeah. because the panko... Um, sitting on so much moisture. It, yeah, it just kind of stays the same color. You really have to like hit the panko in oil for it to brown. So I baked it 350 for like 30, 40 minutes until like the cheese is really bubbling on the corners. And then hit it in the broiler for like a minute just to get the browned the yep. browned top. And then you're good to go. Yeah, it was nice to not cook it so hard to where you've got these overly soggy mushrooms where they weren't in there. But green beans, you know, it's often just it turns into mush because you just cook it too long in the boil. And then you cook it too long in the oven. And yeah. just like, uh, it was, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's probably better just to underdo it all. Mm-hmm. Especially with the Brussels sprouts, because it's just like a nice little twosome. 
quality to it. I did I did mashed potatoes in kind of like a bootleg sieve kind of vibe Mm -hmm. where I just got like a metal colander, put all the potatoes in there, and then I just hit it with the back of a wooden spatula through all the little holes. So basically like a a large large hole potato ricer. Yeah, and then halfway through my grandma said, why don't you just use the ricer? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, god damn it. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> I don't want to, but if I did, where is it? <laughs> don't look at me while I do this. That was a bummer. Yeah, I forgot how Thanksgiving, cooking a whole Thanksgiving dinner makes you so tired. Yes. Yep. Knocks the shit out of you. But speaking of potato ricers, there is no better way to make mashed potatoes in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have no... You have no chance of overstirring and putting way too much gluten in the potatoes, or they come super starchy and gross. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like pillowy and soft. You're basically mm-hmm. just like ricing the potatoes, folding in. I mean, they're so they're already there that consistency. So you're just doing like two folds of butter and a little bit of cream, and you're done. Yeah, it's and faster. It's so good. And it's a good just, a good easier. tip on mashed potatoes that I saw on on Munchies, the Matt Matheson guy. He was, he was saying when he makes his mashed potatoes, he boils the potatoes whole. He doesn't cut them up into little pieces to make it cook faster because when you boil them whole, less water gets into the potatoes, so you have a stronger potato flavor. Wow. That makes Which makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's going to take a lot longer to boil, but... Does he boil them skin on? No, he peels. Peels them. So he peels them, them and then just puts the okay. whole russet potato... And just boils boils them in water. Hour? Hmm. How long that I don't take? know. Whatever it takes. It'll probably take a while. Take a it while, takes right? a while. But if you have room on the yeah. But yeah, less You're less water. You can start there. Less water's in, in there, and then it'll have more of a true potato flavor instead of a watered down. Basically, just potato flavor. Whenever a knife goes through it really easily, and you're probably good to go. That was always my role. Everybody's gauge. asking you right now, where were we last week? I know, right? I know. I'm right? thinking about Thanksgiving. Um, I just, I just did, a, I just sous vide a giant steak yesterday. Okay. Pulled the old sous vide out. Yeah, dusted it off. You haven't put used it for a while, right? Haven't used it for a while. I did a whole. I got. I had. I had them take a rib roast, like standing rib roast, mm-hmm. like the 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 cut of beef where they cut ribeye steaks off of, and then I had them cut like a super thick chunk off of that one 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 and a half bones like one bone plus all the extra until you hit the next one yeah so it was just i mean it looked like i mean it was you know two and a half inches thick probably and then seared it on all sides in a cast iron first then in the ziploc with some crushed garlic skins on knob of butter salt and pepper and then sous vide it for like two and a half three hours that's it that's it. What what temp in the CV? Fifty five Celsius. Mm. And then I mean it really it came out since it was so thick, it came out looking like prime rib, where just the whole mm. entire piece of steak was just one solid Hue. pink, yeah. one nice solid color. Pink, yeah. And there's the edges. Got yeah. So it was a little. I don't know if it was exactly ideal though, because it kind of had like a real. And like how prime rib is kind of soft and very fleshy and yep. a lot different texture than like it, a yeah. really hard grilled ribeye right. where the outside is really crunchy and the inside is is mushy and then there's a lot of different textures. This one was just one kind of pink texture all the way through. It tasted amazing, it's but like it was a little, yeah, it was a little like, odd. Like well, a that's, roast. Yeah, that's prime rib. Yeah. I mean, that sounds great. I mean, you're really going for flavor in, in prime rib. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to usually get a slice of prime rib with crust. Mm-hmm. And it, even more prime ribby is when you do a sous vide steak like that and you sear it before, the bag has maybe like a half half a cup of the butter mixed with the beef juices mm. and all that. So you just you cut your beef, you put it on a plate, and then you pour those juices all over it. And then it just it's just soaking in that buttery jus. So then, if your steak is ever tasting kind of boring, you just run it through that jus. Sounds awesome. No aromatics. Mm-hmm. Didn't put any stick any sage or rosemary in there. I was going to, but I just left it straight up. Mm-hmm. And then another tip that I'm trying to do more often was served it on a plate that was in the oven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hot plate, it. which is something it. a lot nice of people look. don't do at home. Yeah, I don't. No, no, yeah, I why. never do that. I really should. I've never seen you do that, but it's like a no. thing that really 
Yeah. If you have a nice kind of thicker plate, just stick it in the yeah. oven at 350 for, who you know, like two minutes. Honestly, there's no need to do it that high of a temp. You don't need to do it at that high of a temp. Uh, you but your what? oven's probably already on. The trick trick, if you were not a trick, is just if they're good places, throw them on top of the oven. I put them on the stove. Yeah, and they'll be fine. They're mm-hmm. just like just the right warmth because you want it to be so like you can carry it. You know, you don't want to be right. so hot. That's you why put I was them saying. in like two hundred. Yeah, right? but and even let them sit there it, for a while. Down, but if you don't want to forget about it or anything, just like just mm-hmm. throw it right on top of the of right. the stove, and it'll be good. Even just like the burner, that's just the um, what do you call it? the pilot? will have it at a really mm-hmm. good time. Right, mm-hmm. but that's, well, that's at a restaurant. No, on this, it'll still like get it to a point to where it's something. You know, it's warmer. You got a pilot? I don't have a pilot. No, a pilot. I mean, where it's just like on as low as possible. You're talking about in, it's often. From the oven. You can feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a pilot in there. For sure. Yeah. 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 It should be. He's all the way in there. Yeah. But that's that's a good tip to really have like a restaurant. Uh, a thing that is very easy to do at home that yeah. really separates the restaurant from the food. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy to forget how quickly even. Uh, room temp or less than room temp plate can bring down the temperature of something like you're talking about. Especially when you've out. put so much time yeah. into your... Fish, especially. Like oh, yeah. Fish is a huge bummer. Hot cold fish on a cold plate, it will bring that temp yeah. down so fast. And the thicker the plate, the 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 quicker it'll... Darker the berry, sweeter the juice. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> Speaking of sous vide, the, the new sous vide yeah, hit, I was hit gonna the say, streets. We, we got to talk about it. The jewel. Mm. The jewel. Well, pre-orders done hit the streets. Mm-hmm. It's the chef, chef steps sous vide. Santa, if you're listening, which is like hmm. the tight chef steps, or just fucking jewel, if you're listening. <laughs> Much like Yeti, yeah, come do a little press over here. It's not reached out yet. Yeti, also a perfect companion container to a jewel or oh, any yeah. other sous vide device. And jewel, not as spelled like with an E W. Yeah, it's J O U L E, right? It's like a jewel of energy. And it's just like a very nice little sous vide. If you pre-order, it's two hundred bucks, and I think you can, if you order, if you get that, you also get like a Chef Steps membership. Oh, yeah. that's great! Premium which membership. is like really in like it, cool. it's probably my favorite source for food tips and videos and instructions. Definitely my favorite videos can be a little bit um, technique and equipment intensive, and in some of the mm-hmm. things they show you. Not always. There's tons. There's tons of mm-hmm. relatable kitchen stuff. But yeah, I. I the quality of those videos is insane. Quality yeah. is great. They have, yeah, no matter if you just want to do a very basic thing that anyone can do or if you want to go very molecular gastronomy intense. If you don't like mustaches, I mean, stay away from the chef's <laughs> videos. But I've, I've yeah. learned a lot and I've there's a lot of really cool little random tips like that that are... Well, yeah. it's also, it's one of those things too where they're so well done, they're so concise, they've intelligently told you what they're doing without basically talking because they're not narrated for the most part. But it's they're also kind of like inspiring, where you're like, okay, I may not make that tomorrow, but that is so cool. I want to try that. Well, mm-hmm. That's such a great technique to something, or, you know, I think they're they're like super crispy chin, super crispy skin chicken. It's like a three day drying process in a ra- like in a standing rack where they can hang. Where it's just like, all right, I want to make that someday, <laughs> but I need to figure out how to do that in my house. In the but right it's cool, time. but it's, it's really on- cool. Only I need to figure out how I'm going to hang that. a chicken in my fridge for a week. <laughs> yeah. He's just got to get a closet or move to Seattle. That's right. <laughs> um, but their, their sous vide thing, it's like, yeah. it's really awesome. It has a higher higher wattage output than all the other home units. It's small. It looks like an immersion blender, like a stick yeah, blender, if does. everybody knows that, you know, without yeah. the blade on it. Yours does too, kind of, but it's, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be smaller than yours. It's supposed to fit in a kitchen drawer. I believe it has which is great. a which magnet on it because like. I saw on the on the photo it was just stuck to a, a stainless steel right. like a stock pot. I don't know if it has great. a magnet or not. I think it might have a clip. It's, it's got an adjustable both, clip yeah. like either side or it's like can hang upside down. Like it's got. I think they a big talking point was how um, how adaptable the clip is to different types mm-hmm. of whether it's going onto a stock pot or it's going clipping wide onto like the side <laughs> of a cooler. It's like really functional and how that works. And then it's connected Wi-Fi. And it's Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And it'll do either one, whichever one is a better signal. So you can pair it to your phone. You can make you can adjust and check the temperature, which is great. Yeah. It'll it'll tell you, it'll send you an alert when it when it's reached the desired temperature. You could turn it off, you can turn it on, you could up and down with the temp. It sounds like a real real treat. I really like the size. That's my most 
I mean, I'm trying to get stuff off my counter so desperately, and I'm very excited to think that <coughs> this is something that I could just stash away really easy. Yeah, look, I mean, it looks like about smaller than a, a large smart water bottle, probably. Like, yeah. The, the standard smart water, 30, 33.8 ounce smart water bottle. And then I will have to get the, the food sealer. You well, that's will. just Target. Yeah. It ain't no thing. That's just Target. That's just, that's just Target. Just go to Target and get one. They're not that expensive. They work And then well. buy You've the been bulk, telling us that the bulk bag. We still haven't done it yet. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the pro tip. What you just buy the bulk bags. Yeah, bulk bags. Uline.com. Don't buy the. Or uh, even. Don't eBay. buy the bags that are supposed to come with it. Yeah, the, you want to get the, it the on bay. a spindle so you can have your own size yeah. and, and, and you just have more crea- creative that control. Spindle. Baby. The uh, the day it's after cool. Thanksgiving, my, a friend of mine who's a chef at this restaurant called EP and LP uh, in like West Hollywood, they did a like holiday traditional Chinese American buffet where he went. We went in there and he kind of hooked us up with a whole bunch of stuff. But they have like his kind of nicer interpretations of like the the chicken and corn soup and like did you ducks and pigs no but there was a whole suckling pig oh wow. and for the table he brought out half the head Whoa. with some maraschino cherries in the eyeball <laughs> we'll have to put that on the gram i know i want to put it i wanted to instagram it but i mean put up on saturday and, and even down to him making his own fortune cookies that had like a little green tea paste inside of them. Oh, wow. And he wrote his own fortunes and printed them out and put them inside. Good Lord. It was dope. Like oh. there, one of the fortunes said that wasn't chicken. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like weird, like little funny fortunes like that, but super delicious. I, I, we we got to go to that restaurant sometime. I'd like to go. Yes. I'm in. I'm down. I'm Here's in. a picture of Chris new? Chang with an apple I've, in his yeah, mouth. I haven't been next year to the suckling pig. Yeah. Uh, I, one, and they had like $3 Qingtao beers. Oh, yeah. It was mm. a good vibe. Where is it? It's West Hollywood? It's a, Melrose and La Cienega right by... Uh, That's not too bad. Where Kumsa's and all that stuff. Extended yeah. play and long play. All the, what's play the space like? like? It's like kind of a swanky, uh, mm-hmm. like a swanky WeHo restaurant. It's pretty nice. Okay. It's a little, you know, WeHo like the beautiful people of LA. Is it usually Chinese? No, it's usually like a Southeast Asian kind okay. of Thai place. Oh, all right. Where they have, I mean, there's one dish where it's just like ceviche of abalone in the shell with crazy shit. Like it's hot, hot dog. Uh, hot dog. Hot dogs and hamburgers. I wanted to go back on the one. Thanksgiving Let's tip. Let's hit it back. I've noticed you now that multiple things we're things. of the age. Rewind. Not, not, tip, not on the tip, not a pro tip. This is like on the Thanksgiving topic. That is, now that we're all in our mid thirties and our a lot of our friends are plus minus mm-hmm. around us, a couple two three years. I'm oh, realizing really? that everybody I speak to now is like, "How's the turkey? It's fantastic." I'm noticing that the trend is that we're getting older, so we're the ones that are taking the range and preparing the turkey, and it's just getting so much better that turkey is oh. like become... I've noticed that everyone I talk to, both my roommates, all my friends, my, even in the past couple of years, my friends have been making it, and they're the ones hosting because they have kids and houses now and things. And it's like, yeah, we do it ourselves now, and it's just like, it's excellent. So I've, for so many years, like turkey's my least favorite part of Thanksgiving. Yeah, it can be for sure. Sorry, Gramps. But... uh <laughs> But now that we've taken the reins and our Aunt Teresa's taken the reins and she knows what's up, she's, like, she's a great cook or home cook, um, it's like thank the gods. Like It's different. I'm, it's I'm, different yeah. food than it was to me growing up. Oh, God. You it's know. not even close. Uh, Mom do you, is do you think they're going to say sauce. the same thing about us? Like are the, young, the next generation is going to say, like, oh, man, my dad, Jason, I used to eat Thanksgiving and it sucked, and now that we make it, it's good. Those stupid beans every year. <laughs> Is your kids gonna be one of those kids that calls you by your first name? I hope so. <laughs> God damn! I'm not I was saying that. that. I was saying. I'm that. joking. <laughs> better just call me. But like, do you think? Name you better only. call me Unc. Do you think that's gonna happen? Uh, do you think not, it happens every generation? I would hope so, but I, I'll know that like baby boomer food and like the canned and the microwave era is what our parents were kind of reared on. Mm-hmm. Andre's probably maybe to a lesser degree. Um yeah, that, but that was a it's a that was a it was a scorn in yep. in, in the food world of I mean 
Gosh. Yeah, but I, I, you know, it's like the the only constant is change, and I would have to imagine whether it's food trends or sourcing or technique or whatever's going on. There's gonna, yeah, I could imagine. I mean, there we're starting to bioengineer meat from petri dishes. You know, it's like yeah. who knows? Maybe that it could go back. Creates again. it better. It could go backwards, but for a flavor or for a sustainability or mm-hmm. you know. I have no idea, but I would imagine it's going to be different. But I would also think that I would I would think that the food, hopefully, we're aspiring to make these days as a baseline that kind of will be good mm-hmm. in the, in this way. In this way, <clears throat> and I, it's interesting because you bring up Thanksgiving in the sense that Thanksgiving is a meal that a lot of cooks, a lot of people that don't cook, cook. Or if you were saying at least back in you know sure. said in the seventies and the eighties, the dad who doesn't cook has to roast the turkey, right, mm. and carve the turkey and do that. And reflecting back on my Thanksgivings, yeah, I, I think the turkey that we're making these days is better. But also, you know, very Italian household, very Italian extended family in Northern California, there wasn't a lot of Thanksgiving food at our Thanksgivings. Yeah, you know, and stuff. there would be food that. It, my grandma would make that's better than I can make these days. Certain dishes, things she did that wasn't she wasn't able to pass on to me before she died. So Tortelloni. I would say that there are dishes, thirty, sixty, hundred years that still stand the test of time from great cooks and great recipes. Mm. But I would like to think that the, the yeah the average turkey being cooked these days, there's so much more information and people are more excited about food is better than the non cooks turkey from the seventies. Yeah, I guess I never thought about like. There's many people who are just like, I don't know how to cook. I don't do the cooking. Yeah. I don't cook. But then Thanksgiving, it's like, you're not American if you don't try and, and do like a very difficult host. thing. You've got a host because that's what's happening. Family's coming to visit you that Yeah, year. but like cooking a whole turkey well is not that not, easy to do. Not easy at it, all and takes days of preparation. Or not days, but at least a day or two of preparation. You don't just go to the store in the morning and grab a It's also a hard thing to practice. It's something that you do once or twice a year. I mean, roasting anything is analogous to that. Even a a chicken. I mean, every time I go to a restaurant, I could tell that's like my my litmus test. Like, oh, for a nice neighborhood spot, you'd be surprised, man. They got a really good roast chicken. And be like, oh, really? Like, that's this banal dish that you think that everyone can do well. But, like, it doesn't always translate to a restaurant. And that's when I can tell, like, oh, that dude knows what's up, or lady, her person. It's going to be a dude, can cook, We got you know, it. I mean, right. Zuni in San Francisco made a dynasty out of roast chicken. It's just like it's mm-hmm. it, absolutely. It's yeah. It's like it's, it's one of those things. It's like an omelet at a French restaurant. Yeah, a roast chicken somewhere. If it's really good, it, it's an impressive thing. You guys are getting me in the mood to roast a chicken. Let's do it. Invite Dano over. <laughs> uh, speaking of roast chicken, I've been doing a lot of Instacarting from Whole Foods. Oh. oh, do tell, because we could use an Instacart sponsor. Inst- <laughs> or Whole Foods. Instacarting has been pretty tight <laughs> for the jugular. Give it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, basically, it's not that expensive, right? It's not. No, you, I mean, you go on the website or you use the app on their phone, and you just whatever you want, you just type it in, and it pops up, and you get it. And even down to the bulk goods, just like I Ooh. want, I want this bulk brown rice or trail mix, and you can just say I want. A pound or a half pound or a quarter pound or three pounds, whatever uh, whatever amount you want. And then you could pick whatever delivery time you want, what day you want. And I believe the delivery charge is three ninety nine. What? And then you tip and then you tip the the driver however much just like a lift, they're like, Do you want to tip ten or fifteen or twenty percent? Whatever that is. And the prices are slightly more expensive than you would in get in the store, right? I don't think so. No, I thought they were able to like maybe they, they might be slightly increase the food cost by like ten percent, which is still not a lot, or five percent. But it's so it's so, and then also very similar to Amazon Prime, you can also just do a flat ninety nine dollars a, a year for, for year. unlimited free delivery. That's awesome. Oh, that's a great deal. So if, obviously perishables, right? So you're getting meat and dairy, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's showing up like. cold and no problem. Mm-hmm. There's no like, yeah, that's great. It's it's very dope. The only thing they don't deliver is alcohol from Whole Foods. Pink dot baby. But I think they do from other markets, and that's, that's and it's not just Whole Foods. It's like they do whatever supermarket Super is in your area. King. That's the that's the move because Super King's on there for people that live <gasps> on the east side. Mm-hmm. Super, Super King, King is on, on there. there. And that's huge because going to Super King is like Super King exhausting, is an epic journey. You're better off walking there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just insane. But I mean, if you're listening to this in LA or anywhere in the world, like a Whole Foods parking lot's kind of a fucking bummer. 
No, it's it not only being intense. far away from a Whole Foods, it's going to a Whole Foods. It's yeah. a bummer, too. But if you need 20 pounds of beets for 99 cents, make sure to check out Super King. Super King. <laughs> that's the scariest part. I remember I used to go hard on Super King at a certain point, like in a young age. I was just like, wait a minute. All this should cost way more than I'm paying for this. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of like I'll go there for pickles, like when I'm getting pickling cucumbers to make big jars of you know holidays. I've been known to give out pickles and stuff. Good to mm-hmm. too. Yeah, yeah, where you're like, I mean, somebody die stuff. for this bag of oranges to Are cost these blood beets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're very much a blood diamond of produce. It like, is. You, nobody's asking any questions, but you should be asking <laughs> questions. The alcohol is crazy cheap. They've got. Um, I don't know if you want to call it charcuterie, but they've got like Meat. deli meats I've never heard of or seen before. All kinds of wild cheeses, but not nice cheeses, just like trays of cheese. Just bizarre Ukrainian just cheese. Just all kinds of stuff. And it's really, you know, it's fun. It's just a zoo. They have a, a, so they have a nut section that's like the size of an AT&T store in yep. the mall. It's just <laughs> like, Crazy. there's like multiple employees just working in the nut section. <laughs> it's like the... Uh, it's like the hot dog on a stick. Like they they put like the hot nineteen year old yeah. girl working at the nut counter. Like, hey, you want a you want a sample of this chestnut? They've got like a warehouse length uh, wall of just different olive oils, and you're not sure any of them are good. But there's just so many brands and wa- so many kinds. A wall of Russian vodkas. Yeah, you could get a new bottle every time and still not have all of them. Absolutely. I'm they trying. all cost $11. And then they also, that you know, it's like you see it in a lot of Asian markets or Eastern European markets. You know, then they've got <clears throat> under lock and key on the way out the really expensive alcohol section that basically, you know, you got to get somebody at the counter to go. Filtered through but, tigers. But it's like, you know, they've got the $2,000, $5,000 cognacs back there. I mean, you're just like, who has this? Like some of the nicest liquor stores the in drug LA don't section. have. Exactly. The nicest liquor stores don't yeah. carry that stuff because it doesn't sell it's only like, like some crazy gift to some mm-hmm. like glendale warlord that you're supposed to it bring and johnny blue look like tap butter i huh? mean yeah. johnny blue is just the baseline behind that camera mm-hmm. it's crazy it's kind of fun to look at though mm-hmm. what do you what do you guys uh, cocktail wise like to drink during the holidays anything and everything because no. <laughs> uh, i because i'm uh i'm off my five weeks sober let's do it no and i've noticed like I, I, I'm remembering how this, the tastes in alcohols change with the seasons. Totally. So, like, during the summertime, I'm just, like, tequila and grapefruit and mint and soda, just, like, little delicious, refreshing drinks like that. And now that it's cold by L.A. standards, you know, it gets down to 40 degrees. You know, it's not – it ain't nothing if you're on the East Coast, but it's still pretty dang cold. All I want to drink is just, like – a room temperature glass of of bourbon, you know? right? Red wine as well. I've been drinking more. Yep. Well, I think you, what you tra- you like you get out of lots of cocktails on the rocks, and you get lots of stirred cocktails. You know, where it's like mm. you know, like a Boulevardier or a, a Negroni, where you're not it's not on ice. She ain't ice cold. It's chilled, but then it kind of warms yeah. up as you're drinking it. and It's really nice. For um, listeners at home, the variation is the Negroni is with gin, and the Boulevardier is, is with, with uh, bourbon. Per- it's brown. So, the, so that's bourbon and Campari and sweet vermouth. Yeah. Yep. And any a, kind a, of bitters you can twist, use. No Aperol. Twist. You can use Grand Classico. Yeah, you could switch it up, but that's yeah, more or less the bitters. specs. I want to drink that, and it's great. It's with really gin. good. I'm, I'm making them. I've been making a ton of them lately because Maggie's been fan. super into them. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest fan of up drinks because I'm clumsy. Mm-hmm. So I don't like things on in like stemware. Yeah. Right. Tumblersman. But yeah, Boulevardier for listening at home. I mean, swap it all out. Try it with vodka. Uh, it's fine. If you're a vodka drinker, it still translates. Uh, do it or if you've been drinking that all night. Pisco, yeah, mezcal is really, really good. Mm-hmm. I think because I'm about the, the bitters and smoke go well. Yep. Yeah. And oh yeah. And then Switch also it when it, during the holidays, I, I I think of Jeff, our friend Jeff's Jeff. He's texting me right now. Jeff, who has uh, Jeff. a great holiday whiskey infusion. That's right, goldish. Gold. Where it's basically you got a a big mason jar, like a thirty-two ounce mason jar or whatever. Fill it with whiskey, bourbon, uh, an apple that you cut up, a couple cinnamon sticks, and then you just let that chill. Yeah, for a week, 
and then you strain it and mix in some molasses or honey or you know whatever Agave. simple syrup, whatever you want to do to sweeten it a little bit, or no sweetener at all. Mm-hmm. And it just it tastes like apple pie. It goes down it's real good. smooth. It's, it's good on the rocks. Actually, it's very very good. It's good on the rocks. Good good straight up. But Pro- that that's like my favorite holiday drink. It just kind of the, mm-hmm. the cinnamon really kind of warms warms the the. Did tummy. you just put his recipe on blast? No, yeah. no. I mean, he does like a way more intense version of it, but that's just that's the base the model base of, of it. Like he like he mixes different whiskeys yeah. and blends different whiskeys. I've tried to get that out of him. Like, that's not happening, blood. Mm-hmm. He won't tell you his recipe, right. but he's. I asked him like, what it. what do you do? And he's like, basically, you know, it's 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 bourbon, apples, and cinnamon, which you, you which you could guess, and then however you want to sweeten it. But also, as we get into the holidays, as you're talking about cocktails, you mentioned simple syrups for sweeteners. That is the bar none easiest way to just add something to whatever cocktail if you're making something that does call for any kind of simple syrup, sugar, sweetener, anything. If you want to, I mean, and it's it's such a simple thing to do to infuse simple syrups, add a cinnamon stick, add a couple of cloves of star anise, mm-hmm. add in even like some Chinese five spice because mm-hmm. when you're adding a very little bit to a large amount of liquid, it really mellows. Also, boiling the simple syrup really pulls out a lot of the essence. Throw in some peels, some citrus peels, anything, and you really will, unlike coffee. my argument, coffee, a couple good coffee beans, I mean, it's amazing. Anything with that kind of Next to nothing. that oil that can be pulled out of there, um, you really will taste it, unlike my argument about brining doesn't really infuse mm-hmm. anything. I mean, and you'll be able to taste it right away. You'll be able to you see how strong it is instantly once it cools and you taste it. And you, you, it's shocking how. Or my fave, just the classic vanilla bean. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's one of the best. And then there's Clove. on the topic of infusion. Vanilla there's uh, the spirits coming. It's called all. Art in the age, and they make these delicious rhubarb spirits. Mm. Oh my goodness! And that did we surprise the simplest spirits and all these like borderline liqueurs. No, it's super smooth. You could just oh, just with one rock, try it the first time. Just a little like just one rock, half ounce, just one rock. Just oh, one rock. rock I don't, I don't buy rocks just in singles, baby. Yeah, come on now, one ice cube. Sorry, um, <laughs> you can. Uh, just get, oh, I just get, need so a rock, get, baby. You get oh, if you Break get me like, if you get a liqueur like a vermouth or anything, <laughs> just try it by itself so you get to know how you like it, and then you can use that. What is a rhubarb spirit exactly? Like they make they distill it from rhubarb? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I imagine you can do a, a mash. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure. I mean, I have to Google it. Everybody, look it up. It's called Art in the Age. So there you go. Art in the Age sounds like a college course. Um, lastly, I had a. <laughs> Finally, art in the Bronze Age. Mm. Um, lastly, on the on that term of alcohols and mescals and infusions, we we were talking with the with the glutster, the uh, the munchies editor, and he was talking about mescal, and he was saying the one where you like drip it over the raw chicken mm-hmm. to add that bizarre richness. Mm-hmm. And then I was in New York a couple weeks ago and had mescal iberico. Oh, right on. Oh, Which, over Iberico ham? No. Close, but no. They take, like, their, it's like a, it's a company, I forgot what, what it's called, but they, they take their finest mezcal, and when, they're, when they have it in the big tanks cooking away and distilling, they will take a whole Iberico ham, like the whole leg, bone, all that, and then they just plop that in the vat while it's cooking away and then when it's done it's completely gone it cooks all the <laughs> it ham. dissolves completely it dissolves the entire iberico and i mean how much does it drain it an iberico ham costs thousands of dollars very expensive yeah and especially depending on the quality but it, it's mm-hmm. the aging process and alone they can't be made so yeah. completely disintegrates and then the final product, I mean, I think they just did it on a whim. Like, what happens if we just try this kind of thing? And then they're like, yeah, we'll just go for the Rolls Royce of foods. And I and I, I tasted it, and it was by far the hmm. smoothest, most delicious mezcal I've ever had in my life. You're like, kidding. the most drinkable with just a little subtle 
flavor of the ham, and it went. It was so good. I would imagine it dissolves in so much that you you wouldn't taste it. But was there was it salty? Was there like a salt? Nope. Did noticeably at all saltier? No nope. fat. Over skull? No, what a trip. You would think it'd be wow. this kind of mouthfeel of fat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes there's, you know, there's. You would imagine they would be able to do it well, but that's the first thing I would think of is salt and fat. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but I was like, hmm. Yeah, it it's, um, it can the be brand great. is called Del Maguey. Oh, they're great. Um, so basically, uh, it's Jose Andres. He's he's involved with them. And, um, that makes sense. If that's if there's Andres, then he's yeah. going to be thrown. So, yeah, I found this little thing right here. While they were, while they were in Oaxaca, they witnessed the making of Pechuga Mezcal, a procedure that includes distilling the spirit three times and incorporating wild mountain fruits, almonds, rice, and a whole chicken breast, resulting in a crystal clear liquid of amazing taste and smoothness. The idea realize. introducing an Iberico ham in lieu of the chicken was suggested. A couple months later, Ruben shipped a leg of Iberico ham to Del Maguey, and blah, blah, blah. The result is a wonderful marriage of flavors and aromas. And it's so crazy. If anybody's out and about and you see that really pretty green bottle on the shelf. Yeah, green bottle with like a little kind of drawing of a, of a farm. Countryside vibe. Countryside. Yeah. For me, that's... You're the, looking 100 plus per bottle? No, for the top you, stuff. For the Iberico... No, the, the intro, yes. the lowest low, is like 30 bucks. If yeah, you no. go to Bebo. They're really? based... Yeah, the Dumaguay. Oh, yeah. There's, they're for, I was going to say, for the price, it's my... I've not for the Iberico. No, no, no. But no, for the Yeah, for the regular Dumaguay, the um, the Iberico, it's two hundred a bottle. That makes sense. That's just it's so expensive. I need to stop saying that. Um, it is expensive. Yeah, but their baseline stuff is yeah between thirty. And so if you if you need to get a a nice Christmas or holiday gift for a, for a foodie friend or a mezcal or for Andre fan or just for one of us three people let's do podcast <laughs> <laughs> boom so um so give that a shot um all right guys thank you as always yeah. for listening make a hot toddy that's the go-to drink for <laughs> the holidays the day, by the way we didn't talk about it just don't order at a bar you're gonna get an eye roll or 25. Yeah. Just do it That's at home. a home drink. Don't yeah. ask your bartender to make that for you. And I recommend using Earl Grey. Mm. Is it just straight hot water? Gotta put those cloves in the lemon peel. You don't have to. Mm. I think Orange peel. I think you. BG Dubs oh. over lemon peel. This look, looks like we have a whole other podcast, guys. Yep. We've got the hot toddy. No, no. Tried to get I'm going to check out um, Toddcast, which is going <laughs> to premiere next week. <laughs> On um, iTunes and anywhere you can find it. Our first glass will be Todd Glass talking <laughs> Todd about Glass. his favorite cocktail. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you can go to the Stew podcast for all the episodes. If you found this on iTunes, make sure to subscribe. Give us a nice rating and review. And if you know somebody who likes podcasting and food, tell them about this and have them force them to listen to it. Hold Please. them down. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.